It is Saturday, September 24th, and you're listening to the Chompcast? Uh, Shay Layton is out. He fell into um, a, a spider's nest, and uh, they broke his legs with sledgehammers. <laughs> The review for Spider Hack is live on SwordChomp.com. I'm Rich Meister, taking the pilot seat uh, with the same amount of preparation I bring to everything I do here. Um, I checked to see what the topic was while I was in the bathroom. So holding it down, you know, on this beautiful we move. Listen, all right, I'm going to before I even introduce who's here, I have to get this out of the way. One Shay Layton. Asked us to move this recording to a Saturday night, and then he bails. Who does that? Mm. Who does that? I don't it's know. Fucked up. I don't know. Someone who deserves to fall into a spider nest and get in their knees. Ex- yeah, broken what by I'm saying is, yeah, he canceled on us before that happened. Just to be mm-hmm. clear, it was incidental. Um, I'm joined by uh, one Joshua Fowler. Josh, what's going on? Not much. Not much. I am uh, sitting here. On a Saturday, recording a, a Saturday. podcast. Yeah, I could be out uh, killing my liver. Mm-hmm. In the city. Yeah, the yeah. Now I've got to kill my liver at home for less money. Yeah, yeah. That's a smart move in some senses. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just want to feel something. Um, what's going on with you? What's 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 the week been like? Um. It's been busy. Been busy. There's a lot going on here, just kind of family-wise. But then on top of that, everything decided to come out. Yeah, they're games all of a sudden, huh? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Like a, a ton of them. A lot of them I've been waiting for for a long time as well are just here now. Um. Yeah, just way too much on my plate all at once. Try to keep up with. Mm-hmm. That's good in a lot of senses and bad in a lot of other senses. Um, in the good senses of it, uh, it's starting to feel a little bit like fall. I don't know if that's like we're in roughly yeah. the same area. Like we're we're both in the northeast, so yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you're feeling that as well a little bit. Yeah, it it is getting colder here. Uh, finally, I I uh, I'm still harvesting my, my all my summer crops. Currently, well, not all of them. Some of them have already dug up and, you know, moved on, put some fall yeah. crops in there. But I have a few that are hanging on that they should be about done, given their usual life cycle. My uh, my okra, I'm still pickling a ton of that. Still still harvesting a bunch of that. That is no, that, that, That's an African plant, so I can't imagine it's going to like the, uh, the temperatures being in the 40s now. Africa better get used to it. Yeah. Um, anyway, that 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 okra this year has been. Uh, How about that okra? Anyway, yeah, I've talked about pickling it and whatnot, but but now that the season's almost over, um, I need to I need to go back out there and you know before it dies make like a final measurement. But uh, mm-hmm. last I measured, it was over ten and a half feet tall. Um, which is not bad for a garden plant. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think this is one of the larger uh ochre plants I've I've managed to grow. Is to get a ten foot tall plant in a garden. Impressive. I, I've got a feeling it's gonna be it's gonna break eleven by the time the uh the season's completely over. We'll 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 see. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. It's not that there's it's the sad part of this for the for these competitions for largest vegetable and whatnot. It's always for the fruit. There's usually not a competition for, oh, I happen to create, you know, the plant itself is just somehow vastly oversized. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. the, the real, spoils. Real shame. Yes, exactly. But, uh, you go out there and you shake it twice a day and three okra fall off. I know the harvest rate. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> I know how to do stuff. Um, that's good though. That's good. Stuff's happening. Yeah. Fall's happening. We're hanging in here. You know, Shay really, really fucking boning us this week. Yeah. Um, he's gonna be real disappointed he missed this one because it's gonna be a twenty-five minute podcast. Um, <laughs> we got stuff to talk about today. We got games. Talk about Taji. About the outbound ghost. Um, I am also gonna talk a little bit about uh Lost Judgment. Uh, which recently came out on PC and reminded me that I never finished that game because it came out at the worst time imaginable for me last year. Um, yeah. I might uh, briefly touch on some return to Monkey Island, even though I know you haven't started that yet. Yeah, um, yeah that's another one of those ones. Everything came out this last week, and that's, that's yeah. one I've not gotten to yet. But uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised when you do. Uh, well, probably not surprised. I, I think we all knew what to expect here. Um but we have a topic to talk about. Uh, it's going to blow your mind holes. RPGs. They're pretty good, right? What are they? What are they? Know? What are they? It stands for. Uh, I should have thought of something funnier. It stands for role playing game. Uh, so, you know, that's like a game where like you pretend you're a mailman and you go to the post office and then they yell at you. Mm-hmm. Or like a Skyrim or something. What's the best RPG though? Uh, you know what's crazy is I feel like we're just on the same wavelength today, Josh. Let's say what we both think the best RPG is on three. Okay, you ready? All right, you ready? One, two, three. Shining, Shining Force. Force. Okay, all right. right. It's crazy. Short show. All right, it's bit over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that uh, Shay, you can stop <laughs> listening now. Now, all right. Now that Shay's gone, let's really fucking talk about this. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, RPGs, there's lots of them. Uh, they come in all shapes and sizes, from your Western Elder Scrolls to your Japanese Final Fantasies. Josh, I, I feel like this is like a weird... Th- what we usually do with these is like... And since it's only two of us, I'm going to say let's fucking go ham with it. Yeah, Let's do like four each. And yeah. just talk about what makes them cool. So I'm, I'll let you start it off. Um, This... Kind of like you said, there's such a wide variety in what an RPG is at this point. Where like you can uh, you can argue almost anything's an RPG is kind of the thing. Yeah, but like when I think chunk of our childhood, an RPG was kind of one thing in a lot of those systems. And I think because of that, because our age specifically, like when we think of an RPG, we're thinking of like one specific type of game. Whereas like, I mean, now I'm encompassing, I'm thinking like turn based and action RPGs mainly, but like it's such a a wide breadth of a term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Ape Escape. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh the trials and tribulations of uh trying to get those apes back. Um that's what all yeah. everyone talks about when they talk about that game. Um This this was a hard one because of how wide you want to cast that net? Like like is 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 this you know, best traditional RPG or best you know, game that no one would even consider an RPG, a, you know, a decade before it came out, but it's kind of where it's gone. Um, like I, I, I have to start out with kind of my initial, you know, narrow definition and kind of go from there is what I was thinking, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, for for. Anyway, how I wanted to tackle it, and, and I think kind of of that initial, either turn-based or, uh, you know, timing, like the active time, standard, you know, menu-based RPG combat system games. Uh, my favorite of those, and I think the best, but there's, there's a ton of argument you could get into here on, on that front, is... Chrono Trigger. Um, sure. It takes an awful lot of... I think that's definitely in that top five conversation, like, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, I think it takes an awful lot of what made the genre good, in general. A lot of the characterization, the, the getting you to really identify with these characters and try to live in the way they do or would. Um, and makes that a big focus, because Chrono Trigger is a game you may get the time part of that from the name um wait what there, oh it my is, God, it is I just a time that. traveling game with that is set in several different eras that you can kind of move back and forward through and explore the world at different times um with something that you know i really appreciate i've talked about how much i like the last boss that you can go fight whenever you feel like you're ready conceit um which is really cool this is one of the first games to really do that uh, with Chrono Trigger. Like, you get the time machine, and you can go fight the last boss. Right then. You will die. Just period. It is, it is a very strong boss. Oh yeah, he'll put your shit in. That uh, will just destroy you. Uh, but also, the way this game is tuned... You can level up to 99, just like basically every other RPG but you kind of start capping your stats around level 30. Like, you, you don't need to level up that much Which in this game. Which is such a great choice. Yeah. Like, there's more leveling to do, and you'll get different spells and whatnot. It's but like, the numbers as, go up if you want them to. Yeah, exactly. Like, but, but by just tiny, tiny amounts. Uh, so, basically, not far into the game, you have enough stats that you could then reasonably stand a chance against this last boss. Uh, um, and... And honestly, when it comes to profound world building, I do think Chrono Trigger said it best. They call me Gato. I have metal joints. Push me over and win 15 silver points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this, this game was kind of... When the fuck are they shooting fireworks? It's September 24th, Rich. We, it's, we uh, just made this whole do- thing. They're doing it early. They're getting it in for Rosh Hashanah. Okay, okay. Um, Big Jewish population over there? 
seems that way. Um, but anyway, uh, point being, you've got this big cast of characters that you can find just by exploring. And like some of them, obviously, you start out with and some of them you're going to meet very early on because, you know, like childhood friends and whatnot. But then outside of that, it's a matter of kind of getting to meet these different characters and then deciding how you want to interact with them, whether or not you want them in your party on, on a couple cases. Um, and then determining where you want the story to go from there, because since you can fight the last boss whenever, it's kind of a matter of what things, what, what trouble do you want to get up to through time before calling this a deal? Um, how often do you want to listen to Frog's theme? Exactly. Um, which is really neat because it ends up having a ton of different endings, a ton of different story beats that you can either play out differently or just completely miss. Uh, depending on how you handle this adventure. Um, adventure. Yeah, and it, it's, it's, it really, I think... I, I think it's one of the better examples of that sort of role-playing experience and more so than just playing through a story but that this idea of kind of set you loose on a world it really it really captured that feeling a lot earlier on than a lot of other games were attempting to sure in in that genre definitely definitely the case so yeah i think i think chrono trigger is um definitely Definitely one of the greats. I, w- I would have probably ended up bringing that up had you not. Um, I'm going to keep us in like that same era of RPG to start this off. Yeah. Because uh, the first game I want to talk about is Final Fantasy VI. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, I like seven as much as the next guy, but I really like six Because six yeah. is a weird one in that... Um, one of the things I like about six is memorable characters out the wazoo up to the point that I think like there's fair argument to be had about who the actual main character of six is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, is it Tara? Is it Locke? What is going on there? Um, there's just so many moving parts and every character is unique and memorable. Combat is fun. The world is just kind of exceptional. Um, that game is weird. The fucking opera house. There's there's a million different weird things. One of one of my favorite like playground rumors as a kid. And this like goes back to that era of gaming that we talk about all the time when like before the Internet was so widely acceptable. And it was like, I heard you could do this thing oh, yeah. of uh, saving shadow was like, oh, yeah, the big thing in Final Fantasy six that when the floating islands are collapsing and shadow gets left behind. And there's a timer ticking down for when you can escape. You can wait, and he will show up and escape with you, and you get to keep him for the rest of the game. But mm-hmm. you gotta wait for him. You can't leave him to die. And yeah. I remember the first time I successfully pulled that off. I'm like, holy fuck, he came. He actually shows up. Oh, like yeah. that. That was insane. Yeah, yeah. That this is. It's another game that kind of has that similar sort of choose your own party thing. Uh, with with a lot of the characters, kind of. It's got a handful of optional party members, yeah, like, the, well, like Sh- Shadow, technically, and the Yeti. Yes, and- yeah, the, yeah, there are quite a few that will, you know, you can just completely miss. And then also, kind of like you were saying, there's there's a big turning point halfway through the game, and you can kind of pick and choose who you go back around and, you know, convince to rejoin up with your party. Yeah, uh, after all of that, um, 
there's just like there's there's plenty of opportunities not just to get characters but to then you know lose them and you know maybe maybe i don't go get them back uh type yeah type thing um yeah it's it's such a great game i think that game six was really kind of in a lot of ways the perfection of what square had been doing with all their other RPG systems before that point, because they'd been playing around with a bunch of different ideas. Um, four and five being the most successful before that point, um, as far as doing something neat with the systems, but then also telling a worthwhile story along with it. Uh, and then six kind of took a lot of those six ideas is, and yeah. pulled them back together uh, into a, kind of the most streamline, complete whole. Yeah, streamlined them and told an exceptional story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Set pieces out the yeah. wazoo. Yes. Yes. There, there are, there really are. There's, there's a bunch of also Magitek armor is just cool. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's an, that's an idea that frankly, the whole magical machines is, Excellent. Excellent world building. So, so excellent. We're kind of seeing that everywhere still, but a reason the term Magitek and the visual of those oh, yeah. mechs pops up around Final Fantasy consistently to this day because it is fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely, the, the feeling of the different locations you go to in this game is so cool. So cool. Like each different town has its own vibe to it and their own problems going on. Um, this this is something I think they did really well with four and five as well, with the whole you get to a new town and you have your main quest going on there, but because there's frankly, like little filler plots underneath the surface. Yeah, and a lot of them weren't really underneath the surface because this is way way back before you know any sort of quest markers or anything were given, and if you forgot the directions of where you were supposed to go or just can't find it you'll end up talking to a ton of different people and get all this backstory beforehand. Like, we talk today about how you go through and try to talk to all the wrong people first. Yeah. Uh, or, or whatever. Or get go all the wrong way. directions first. That was kind of... A lot of that's born out of, you know, earlier design where you, you did that just trying to find your main quest. Uh, but because they knew everyone was going to have to do that to find the right person to talk to back when there were two townsperson models in a lot of these games. Um, it kind of became a feature um, to just have different stories hidden around. Like, there's just stuff going on in each town that you can completely miss if you do know where to go. Um, just so much character. Um, all the character in the world. Yeah. It's all the people want. Uh, yeah, so I, I think we're on the right track here. Hit me with another one, Josh. Hit me with another one. Just a second, writing notes. The, again, extension from there, widening the breadth of all of this, uh, I think, I think has to go into the action RPG territory from here. Sure. Um, and again, not really moving that far outside it at this point. Still, still in that Super Nintendo era because this really was a golden age of RPGs in a lot of ways. Um, 
the Secret of Mana is just an outstanding action RPG for the just absolutely wonderful world that you're playing all this in for for combat that has a lot going on kind of underneath the surface but you know um is still pretty easy to control at the time um yeah yeah simple this, this also deep I'm, I'm i'm god it's been so long since i played this this one also had single screen co-op you could have someone yes, else it did. pick up a controller and play one of your other party members and you know just play along with you which is really cool that's something that kind of has has kind of come and gone here and there in in RPGs after that like very intermittently and we really didn't see that idea of man I really I really want someone else along with me to enjoy these adventures to you know as as a as a main feature until much much later again uh and and in that case more so in like the MMO space it always yeah it always sort of felt like an afterthought at first but it it was nice whenever it popped up somewhere and it wasn't even something that was like talked about in a major way at the time but it was it was there yeah and i think it really kind of in an action rpg really kind of made it it made the most sense there as far as um yeah the actual experience you were getting um like they they've they've done a few of those other you could play turn based RPGs in, in a, yeah in a turn based com- game by committee to begin with yeah you could you could just pass the controller back and forth if you really wanted to uh, so it wasn't strictly necessary um, but this you know that that feeling of just sitting down and having an adventure with the with the friend who's there with you it was was really cool um, and and not just for that reason that that game has some of the most beautiful pixel art, which is why these fucking garbage fire remasters that are changing some of the prettiest art of the generation are so offensive. Secret of Mana has an infamously horrible looking remaster. Um, it's, 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 it's why? Like, go, again, it is such original. a gorgeous game. Yeah. They didn't have to do anything to it, and then they did anyway, just, just just to make it worse in every case. But anyway, real shame. Trials so, of mana. Mm-hmm. The uh, that that that's a series that I really really loved as a kid. I I, I really got into the action RPG games. That sure. Oddly enough, those didn't really catch on in the states as much i didn't really um, get into like the mana games or anything until later uh, yeah like i was way more of a like give me a menu baby yeah yeah and That's i was the I weirdo who i was like know. frank sinatra but playing final fantasy games i was like give me a menu doll face yep yep yeah I, I was the weirdo who would play whatever came across me at one point and then eventually get sucked in so i was like really into the um illusion of gaia games and the secret of mana games sure. which are just Excellent, excellent action RPGs that kind of get overlooked because that's not what caught on here. Um, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. They have a lot of value to bring. 
Mm-hmm. I would, yeah, Secret of Mana definitely up there. Um, as long as we're swinging hard in the other direction and totally sticking in the era, we'll have to come in with newer games in the end. Um, I'm going to go with Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's hard to even really say why I need to make a case for this because Final Fantasy Tactics, there are still new games that come out every year that are just like, we're making Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, exactly. Yes. Yes. The, uh, at this point it seems straightforward it seems like why would you make it any different type mechanics yeah. of set an attack you know like move move position attack and then pick which way you're facing because facing matters in these games facing matters seems, yeah, elevation seems like such, matters yeah exactly seems like such an obvious sort of thing but these it wasn't at the time and the fact that they no, managed to make idea. something that kind of perfected and distilled just when they did for is, days yeah um Astounding. It, and, and on top of that like the thing is final fantasy stories are never a slouch but tactics is such a good story yeah. and it's got this excellent framing device around like oh you've all heard the story of this you know hundred year war but mm-hmm. you haven't heard the real story and oh, it's yeah. like sort of this like murder plot of intrigue where you're playing as one character and you know from the framing device that another character who's heavily involved with it is like worshipped as like the hero of the land for saving the war. But it's like, no, really, there was all like this plotting and assassination and all this like political intrigue. And your character was really yeah. off doing X, Y and Z in the background. It's like the political level of political intrigue in that game for a PS1 game is like <laughs> insane. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. You end up with such a massive cast of characters that. Yeah, like you could keep a notebook of like different, you know, like okay, get out your corkboard, put different names and red string tying different characters together. If, like, all right, how how does this person interact with the other? Characters? So many weird, uh, like just memories in my head of like to this day. I always think of like, all right, in the first battle in Act Two, uh, you have to make sure Ramza has steel on so you can steal Gafgarion's blood sword before you leave the. Like, there's just so many yeah. weird moving parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the I like that's a game I love going back to to I, this day. Yes. And uh, Sony needs to hurry up and get that on that uh PlayStation Classics library, specifically the uh the PSP version, which yes. is the best version of it. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, th- like that. I I love the the Evilise continuity as far as yeah, you know. And that's Those one of games the best go. games in that. Yeah, like I, I love like Final Fantasy far. Tactics and Vagrant Story and 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 all everything going on in that. But yeah, like you said, just Final Fantasy Tactics is so excellent, good. excellent as far as telling such a big story, like with all these moving parts around, you know, your main characters. Um, having insane character classes like the mathematician and the mediator oh yeah always get a good mediator be like let me talk to him let me talk to him yeah yeah he said he said he's on our side now i just love using the mediator to talk to monsters when it makes no sense like let me talk to this fucking chocobo i'll Mm -hmm. see if i can't talk him down yep uh also very telling that the only weapons a mediator can equip are a knife and a gun yep so something to th- something to think yeah. about. 
But yeah, uh, that's yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, so Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, Secret of Mana, Final Fantasy Tactics. Josh, let's get another one out of you. Um, I feel like we need to start moving more recent. Yeah, we need be- to move before we completely play. lose the audience. <laughs> I here. bummed us up to the PlayStation One, but maybe let's get something a little yeah, more in the mix. Exactly, you moved a whole a whole two years farther I, in the we future. Each, look, we each got. I said let's do four each, so we each got two old ones. Let's do two newer ones now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Morrowind. <laughs> yep. Before the the two audience members who are still listening die of old age. Yeah. Yeah. To that intro. Um, it's a good intro. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Solid intro. Um, <laughs> I'm just filling in. <laughs> exactly. Um, there, there is. Good grief! It is so loud out here right now between the fireworks and. I'm the not rest getting of my any, family, any of family it. Go- just, yeah, I don't. It, it might not be picking up on the show, but it's very distracting to me. Oh um, yeah, I don't doubt it. I'm just saying, just to clear your mind of okay, that worry. Good. I'm not getting any of it. Good. That's that. Great. Great. Um, there is the very much the straightforward. We've kind of been hitting the the big bombastic, like operatic scale RPGs so far. In, in, in all of this, which I love. There's, there's something to be said for that. But there's also the history of quirky RPGs that kind of traces its heritage back to Earthbound, which I talk about here, but again, we, we need to move. Um, moving on. Moving on, moving on. But, you know, between Earthbound and then stuff like the Mario RPGs, the Super Mario Anyway, there's a stat that's just called mustache. Yeah. That idea of telling a much more personal and weird story through RPG systems, I think really was perfected and Yeah. It's it's one of those games that I think kind of got such a community around it that a lot of other people see it and think can't be that good like there there are a lot of games like that where people just start hyping it up so much and you know it's mostly bullshit because they're just well i like this weird thing and well if you know i've got to talk about how great it is very 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 hipster energy type communities around some of these games but undertale is Never a, heard of it. A game that kind of lives up to that, you know. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Hype around it. Um, it's an RPG that really takes advantage of those RPG systems. Um, I think makes, that makes Fox them might have a future in video games. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 makes all the game mechanics actually make like uh, they're actually a part of the storytelling. It's they're not just there. Um, sure, which is really cool. I think that's something that we've seen a lot more of since then. Um, not, and this wasn't the first game to do it, but it definitely was. Does it exceptionally well? Yes, exactly. And and really, really took advantage of that in an RPG space to to tell a compelling story, and not just um, a compelling story, but a compelling RPG. Like we were talking about before, this is a, a a genre where you're supposed to be inhabiting a character and either playing the way, you know, the way they would, or having the game respond to you playing the way you would. 
Um, mm-hmm. And this is kind of the, the latter, where the game really does respond to your choices uh, in significant ways uh, and, and change around you because of that. Um, and it's just, just an excellent game. The, the conceit here, if you've not somehow played or heard of Undertale at this point, is that it's an RPG with, again, kind of going back to that quirky Earthbound slash... Earthbound didn't really do this. This was much more menus-based, but uh, but Super Mario RPG type... There's, there's more mechanics going on in the combat in order to keep you more engaged type. In, in Super Mario RPG, it was yeah, just... succeeding at these. It was, either let you it, do more damage or yes, circumvent it was combat timing altogether. type things. Very, very limited. In, in Undertale, you are basically playing a bullet hell in order to dodge incoming attacks, which is cool. It's, it's a neat way to handle not having you zone out when it's the enemy's turn, which is kind of a thing that happens a lot of the time in RPGs. Um, and anyway, it, it does an awful lot with that conceit. Idea, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, just, just an excellent RPG all around. Not just for being Hell quirky, yeah. but just quirkiness contributes. Period. But yeah. there's it just it feels really good in motion, um, and it's got some neat ideas with how you yeah. interact with the combat and what that does to the story. Yes, and and again, excellent music. Like we've we've kind of mm-hmm. skipped past that on all these, but all these games have had it's true of every single one of tier music in in yeah. every game we've talked about so far. Yes, also true. Also a very good point. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that would be uh I'm trying to think of where I'm at then. Uh I'm gonna jump way further ahead just because I feel like we need to do it, and this is one that's definitely was gonna come up for me. Divinity Original Sin 2. Okay. Is like the fucking granddaddy of the folks at Larian, and I have talked about them ad nauseum on this podcast because I love Larian as a studio. They know how to make good ass uh CRPGs. That's kind of the thing they do best um, was take Baldur's Gate, what Baldur's Gate yeah. established back in the day and run with it. In fact, they did it so well that they're currently making Baldur's Gate 3. Yes. Uh, yeah. This, this is the other part of the heritage, the, the PC side of things with the. Yeah. Um, these again. top down CRPGs. And here's here's the thing that is wild when I talk about. uh let me let me just see if I can pull. I want I want to see exactly what my hours on Steam are on this for the the sake of like talking about Divinity Two and where I've mostly played it. And All Divinity right. Original Sin Two just wants to be Baldur's Gate and succeeds at being an exceptional, you know, D and D adjacent uh Baldur's Gate type CRPG where you're getting party members and going on a very uh Dungeons and Dragons style adventure. But the thing I just find so amazing about the breadth of this game and games like it is like I easily have over a hundred hours on this game on Steam. Um at least like sixty or seventy of that were probably before I even left the island you start on. <laughs> yeah. Like there's just so much going on in that game and it'd be like a million times of, well, oh, and you can run it multiplayer and have other people, you know, pick up and play as XYZ character while you're playing as a different one. And I had a million files where, well, I started this one by myself and then I kind of fell off it and I wanted to try a different character type. And then I started this with somebody else and we only got so far and I just kind of kept the file rolling after that, taking over their characters. 
combat in those games is as it, it Baldur's Gate three of what I played of the current build of it mm-hmm. is even more so in that direction. But it is like such a minute scale of like how D and D works of like, well, I can use yeah. my turn to like throw this candelabra. It, yeah, it's it's. It, Nothing besides Larian work Larian's work quite captures that tabletop RPG as a video game. Yeah. Feel. Like that the the when we talked about tech, Final Fantasy Tactics before, that was kind of taking that idea and like we're saying distilling it down in, in yeah. order to make it work really well on a console so you don't have, you know, just in the infinite moving parts that you would in you know like a a, a tabletop MMO. Um, yeah. Whereas this is kind of, let's keep as much of that as we can. And they sure do keep a lot of it. Yeah. Up to the point of, like, I, I still think one of the best multiplayer features they is in Divinity 2, and this is something that carries into Baldur's Gate 3, like, the best way to divvy up multiplayer is you just go into those games and go, all right, player one is controlling these characters, player two is controlling these characters. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of which characters you're making decisions for. You can fuck off and run in different directions, but... Yeah. Like you're you're sharing the same party members in the same world. There's just I don't think anything has quite hit that for me. I need to check back in on Baldur's Gate three soon. That's a a hell of a game. But Divinity Original Sin two specifically is just such a oh yeah an achievement in terms of what that stuff is. And I can only imagine Baldur's Gate three is going to outshine it. But time will tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm also excited to see where Baldur's Gate three. Once we're up. in a kind of a 1.0 state, I think you and I are going to have to like run a campaign there together. Yeah, yeah, I I've got so much to play right now that I've been kind of unless it's something that absolutely everyone's talking about at a certain time, I just I don't really get around to Which is to not the case with that right now. Early yeah. access games. Uh, yeah, all that I mean, much. I played a bunch of it when it first dropped because well, yeah. I was covering it for this website. Yes. Um, th- not th- to like complain like I wanted to be playing it, but Yeah, yeah, no, no. Like I, I yeah, again, like there's just so many things for me to play that I would absolutely. Yes, I'm I with could you. go all in on any of these and just play them for ages. But yeah. but who has the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, let's oh, let's find spe- it. Speaking of who has the time, something Ooh. that Shay because he's not here. Uh, he has all the time in the world now that he's you know fucked off and left us here to record <laughs> the show. Um, We're not bitter, but um, a lot of these earlier RPGs really don't you know demand all of your time in the world they they no. tell really great stories and manage to still clock in around 30 hours um which if you've not gotten around to playing them i think is a great reason to do so you could finish two or three of some of the you know just absolute classic super nintendo rpgs in the time you you know play a little bit of a modern RPG uh, and sure. it's absolutely worth your time to go back and, and experience those because of how streamlined they are and how, how little they waste your time. So, sorry. I w- no, no, no. Don't, Since we moved don't, don't on, I, figured I, I wanted to mention that when we were talking about those, that era. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, if, think this one over carefully, Josh. This is your last one. This is number four. I know. What it's... is the last pick on, the, on your, your four picks for, like, best RPGs ever? Yo, Noid. I, this, again, it depends how wide I want to cast this net. 
sure is kind of the thing because I've I've got options I've got fit. options depending on yeah, how how but options. broad we want and I I'm, I'm going to go with the first one like okay it's a western RPG we all still recognize it as an RPG but I'm not going to talk about it for that long cuz I frankly would like to cast my net wider than that but because of that I don't I, I don't know I don't I don't want to waste it if it actually is your pick but I'll, I'll probably not it's my pick's not a western RPG okay well then it's not all right Mass Effect, and I, again, I can cheat and get all three of them by saying the Legendary Edition. I think, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Do yeah, that. is is kind of the best the West has done with that style of we're going to modernize absolutely everything out of this system, but still try to make it, you know, a big, sprawling story with characters, you know, in in political intrigue, and and I think it totally succeeds at it. Absolutely does, and it's an excellent case of you know, modernizing a lot of those um, it's kind of from the, the ground up, taking what works from there and then trying to adapt it to be something completely different. It, and there. it's one of the few times um, in like a world from a world building standpoint, because this mm-hmm. is very hard to do. And you can't say this about a lot of franchises, but like from the jump with Mass Effect, like in a post Mass Effect one world. And as people kept talking about what's the next Mass Effect, what's this in a post three world, like. I would be excited for anything said at any point in Mass Effect's timeline, except for whatever the yeah. fuck is going on in Andromeda. Um, that was such a disappointment. I don't know. It's, like, it's, what a decision to be like. You have this breadth of a world with this yeah. huge history, and you choose to like fuck off in a direction where nothing else is happening. Why yeah. would you do that? Well, y- yes, all of that, and then on top of that... That was one of the buggiest games I've ever played. On, yes, on no, launch. they, they that did was, no that favors. Was, they were they were really competing with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven uh, as far as how but unplayable can we release a game? I genuinely don't think it not being a technical mess would have saved that game. I don't think it was good, regardless. Yes, and no, I stand uh, by. It wouldn't that. have saved it at all, given yeah, like you said, just yeah. But anyway, I felt like that needed to be brought up just so we don't get all the hate. Uh, But again, I I feel like kind of in the exact opposite of the very streamlined, you know, contained story that is excellent, and I I love everything about that. I also love games I can just get completely lost in and lose years of my time. Um, And as far as RPGs go, it's, it's hard to get a story that is still as tightly put together as any of these previous entries, but still that sprawling and just just nearly infinite worlds as Final Fantasy fourteen, Which is a good game. Excellent game. Absolutely excellent game. And again, opposite problem here, in, instead of being, you know, a solid 30 hours is probably a solid 2000 hours, maybe 3000. Yeah. If you want to get something everything in that vein. Um, such a good story. And I think that got sadly overlooked because this is another one of those games that released in just an absolute state. Like what? Yeah. That, Listen, it's a story of triumph as far as I'm concerned yeah. for this particular game. What f- game, especially a massive uh, multiplayer online RPG, could claim that, like, 
their game was in such shambles, they decided to reboot it in-universe. Yes, yeah. Like, they had an event. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it is crazy that it was the mess it was at launch and that they were able to completely turn it around and make it into one of the best RPGs gameplay-wise, story-wise, music-wise, and frankly, half of that's cheating because they do a ton of remixes from older Final Fantasy games, which are always always a joy when they show back up. Uh, speaking speaking of that, did you... I, I think they were, I think they were re, uh, re... repressing that uh, the vinyl of the... Uh, uh, all the different remixes of Battle on the oh, Big Oh, yeah, Bridge. yeah, I, got, I, got, I get in on did, that. Did you? All right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wanted yeah, to yeah. bring that up since you're such a big Appreciate Final that. Fan. And yeah. I'm such a big Final Fantasy V fan that, yes, there, there, is a, there is a soundtrack that is just remixes of one song from Final Fantasy V because it is such a it's fucking a good banger. Song. It's a good that song. They keep remixing That it. shit slaps. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also in Final Fantasy XIV with a, with a couple remix of, remixes of it that are outstanding um pour one out for the uh we missed the puppeteer class from uh final, the ventriloquist whatever it's called from final fantasy 11 bring it yeah, back yeah yeah they 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 have quite a few references to final fantasy 11 and 14 just like little nods here and there uh that are they're fun just kind of again a puppet master i wanted to make sure i got the name right that was the class that i was like this is weird and hilarious yeah kind of it, it's neat i mean it, you know, you, you've got the idea it's the same as any other summoner slash necromancer type character you know from a but you just concept, got a weird li- but you got a weird little doll you could dress up it was neat yes especially exactly. if you were playing much as a, a lalafell because your doll was bigger than you which is funny yes yes um yeah i i absolutely love final fantasy 14 and it's one of those games that I, I, I could spend basically infinite time in that world. Um, just exploring the world, but the different characters that you're interacting with there are so cool. They, again, we've talked about how important side stories are in a lot of these games. There are so many in a world the size it's of It's mostly MMO. side stories. Yeah, mostly side stories, but one thing that Final Fantasy fourteen does really well is a lot of other games will have, you know, side stories that, it might come back here or there, but so much of Final Fantasy fourteen, if you're like playing it in order, there'll be through lines just kind of weaving their way through the entire story of this game. If you're and following the side quests as you it, go, it, it definitely does it a disservice not to say because I do think it is important to note. And as somebody who loves Final Fantasy, I will wholeheartedly say this is not something you typically expect from MMOs, let alone MMOs that are spinoffs of an existing series. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 14 has one of the best Final Fantasy stories, period. period. Not like for, for an MMO, just period. Yes, it is exactly. It is one of the best Final Fantasy stories, one of the best RPG stories is in Final Fantasy 14, which sounds crazy. Um, but it's true. Yeah, it's I mean it's 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 not unheard of. I mean, the the world building in something like World of Warcraft is excellent, but then the MMO came along and a lot of I it goes nowhere. I think the Lich King thing's gonna be a success. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, cool conceit, uh, but then again, like you said, so much of that setup led straight to the Wrath of the Lich King expansion, and, uh, then they had nowhere to go from there. Have you heard, um, allegedly with Lich King coming to WoW Classic, that's going to be the end of it? 
That makes sense. Like that, any, that's that's uh, where well, you would end no, it. No, no, but but here's the thing. Here's my idea, and I really want Blizzard. I know you're listening. Yeah. Um. Just do a new expansion. From there, a different expansion. From classic, do a new universe. expansion, alternate universe to Wrath of the Lich King. That's. That's that's too good of an idea. Just frankly, wouldn't it be fucking awesome though? They're like, what if this happened instead? Yeah, I would be. I I don't want to give them any money, but I would be so curious to see like, where an alternate thing, like, universe. I don't want to go back to WoW. I if they did that, I'd be like, I kind of want to play that. Yeah, yeah, that's such a cool idea. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good pick. That's a good pick. It was technically two, and you cheated, and you're going to hell. I did, but, but. again, if if I couldn't pick something, you know, MMO-ish, because it's, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's too different, but anyway. For, for my the last one. The other one's one, a shooter, so, I, it, you know, it's hardly that much different. For my last one, and before I utter this out, keep in mind, everyone, we're not, we know there are other games that we're just picking a few. Mm-hmm. Don't yell at us. I'm tired. Yeah, and we're gonna have to pick one best one after this because of the, the way the title we did. Were. Shining Force. Oh right? yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I guess these are all runners up. Sly Cooper sense. too. Yeah. Um, I Persona Four Golden. Okay. Is like the distillation of JRPGs to me, and uh, you know what's funny yeah. is at a point I might think like retroactively. Part of me is like I think Persona Five Royal is kind of a better game. But there's something about Persona 4 Golden specifically that is just so, like, time and place, and it is a tactical, like, taxing RPG with all these layers under the surface, and, like, a very dark story, but the slice-of-life aspect of Persona 4 is just, like, one of the best things about it, like... That entire game is the backdrop of a murder mystery set in, like, this sleepy little Japanese village. Yeah, Um, that... Frankly, I think Persona 4 Golden and Final Fantasy 14 both do the stakes thing extremely well by having, you know, these slice of life things and all these different characters and, and things going on in the world that are, you know, ostensibly at risk anytime any of the big story, you know, emergencies start happening around them. Yeah. And it, it it's that elements of like yeah the big story the stakes are upped and they they convey that stuff in a good way, but it also brings in like an element from other games that I really like especially when they're incorporated into the RPG or JRPG formula, which is like knowing a place because you have your dungeons obviously but ninety nine percent of Persona Four is set within the town of Inaba and it's like yes. people have a schedule and there's like a way the day works it's like oh it's rainy out so i can go like do the beef bowl challenge or yep. one of my favorite weird little details there's there's those uh those capsule toy machines on yep. main street in inaba and they're old and rusted but when it rains they they're loose enough that you can use them so like on a rainy day you can go get capsule toys like yeah. it's just uh, the game is so great yeah i love worlds that just feel that complete um yeah and like that's 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 a feeling that I love in that game. I, I I love in every other game that puts that much effort into making a cohesive world like that. That's and stuff uses, like Majora's Mask that you know yeah, doing and similar it uses things. Ideas like that, yeah. 
to convey the same stakes you're talking about. Like the idea yes. of like, oh, it's a rainy, like this is not a real thing in Persona 4. I'm just going to make up an example to yes. use it to not spoil story stuff, but mm-hmm. to be like, oh, you know, on rainy days, Adachi is always at the pond. And it's like, you go down there on a rainy day and he's not there. And you're like, something's wrong. Like something is yeah, yeah. happening. Like it's just, uh, I love that game so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Persona games are one of those they're 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 very very large and kind of for similar reasons I've got to be in the mood for them to want to sure. sit down and just all right I've I've got time and even though well, I Well they're don't, coming to Game Pass. Exactly. I absolutely don't have the time for it, but I don't care and and I'm I'm going to put 100 hours into this thing because I just yeah. want to experience it again. Because I want to. Yes. Um, I want to get my academics high enough that Mitsuru Senpai will go on a date with me. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty of Persona. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think we we conquered the spirit of the topic. Uh, I'm sure Shay will say we did it wrong, but, you know, he should have been here to guide us. Yeah, I mean, there was a surefire way to stop us from fucking this up that badly. Yeah, just had to be here. Mm-hmm. Just had to be here. <laughs> I moved my fucking <laughs> schedule around. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you say we take a break and then come back and talk about some games? Sounds like a plan. We'll be right back. You know, Shay, Josh, when I listen to the Chompcast, I don't just listen to the Chompcast. I'll be what do chomping. you do? I be chomping. You be chomping? I be chomping. What do you mean? You know, I chomp it to the east, and I chomp it to the west, and I chomp it over to swordchomp.com, where I listen to the Chompcast. Oh, shit. What else can I find there? What's at swordchomp.com? At swordchomp.com, you can chomp over to the east for episodes of the Chompcast where we talk about video games. Or you can chomp over to the west for Chomping After Dark, where we spoil comics, movies, even video games themselves. Hell yeah! You know, one time, (laughs) I was listening to the Chompcast in the back of a car, and a police officer comes over and he knocks on the window. And I roll it down, and he shines his light on me, and I say, I'll be chomping. (laughs) And what did he say? Uh, He was breathless. He didn't know what to say. You know what I would have said? Tell me. I would have said I'd be chomping. I'd be chomping. And we're back, ready to talk about some video games. Uh, Josh, why don't you pop this off? Why don't you tell us about Taji? Um, yeah, uh, Taiji. There's there's a second I in there that may have I'm, I'm, I'm bad at pronunciation. Lost. It's fine. Well, I didn't know Correct. if I, if I typed it wrong, but anyway. Um, no, I'm just I'm just an idiot. Yeah, uh, Taiji is a the witness like. Um. But, uh, like, a top-down pixel art style, The Witness-like, which I I feel bears explanation, because I don't think that had a big enough fan that people would recognize that as a genre at this point, Mm -hmm. because it's not. It's just two games. Just the two games, yes. Um, The Witness was a puzzle game, like an open-world puzzle game, where instead of finding some way to have 
you know, in-universe puzzles, like opening doors and finding ways through mazes and stuff, they they just had an open world and then had little panels with their own little contained puzzles on them in these panels that you just find throughout the world, which seems fucking ridiculous and like it's not trying at all. And it all. was. It was. It's, it, it is crazy, but it, it works because they were also going for this sort of very artificial, like almost Westworld type. Well, like, no, this isn't real. Like, this is a Puzzle manufactured world. space type of a thing and leaning into it, yeah, which yeah. obviously they're all manufactured space. The world it's a video game. is a puzzle. Um, so this, this is that. Um, but again, like I was saying, instead of a first person game um, with, you know, 3D models and whatnot, um, this is a top down pixel art game that's doing very similar things. Um, sure. But in, in, in The Witness, you were basically tracing lines. Uh, and in Taiji, you are doing grid-based puzzles that are, um, basically you've got a grid and you can either click a tile off or on is kind of the, it's, it's kind of, instead of tracing lines, all the puzzles in this world are kind of built off this, you know, binary, a tile's off or it's on, uh, sort of logic. And then you have different icons that will essentially give you the logic for how to, uh, to, to go about solving the puzzle from there. Um, sure. Which kind of leads to, you know, puzzles that in, um, execution aren't that complicated. Like, Oh, I've got a, um, six by six grid or whatever. And I just have to click what I need, you know, to be on which, which, which tiles do I want white and which tiles do I want black? So like which one's mm-hmm. off or on sort of a thing. Uh, but in practice you end up with, like I was saying, um, it does a very similar thing to the witness where it's, it's open world. You it makes sol- me mad. You solve, you solve this intro puzzle tutorial section where they basically you know, tell you how to interact with the panels, which is way more obvious and straightforward in this because it's a you know two D wor- working with game. one less dimension. Yeah, 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 way way less complicated. But you know, they kind of give you that tutorial section, and then you can go anywhere. With the conceit being, oh, it's a Metroidvania gated by knowledge, which we've talked about several times before. That was something that the witness really took and ran with as an idea. Um, this idea of, oh, if I know how puzzles solved, I can go way more places and open up different doors that are locked with panels, uh, that you'll have absolutely no idea how to solve the first time you see some of them, because a lot of the end game areas rely on knowledge of like different symbols from like eight different sections of the map that all have their own logic for how, you know, you'd go interact with them. And this mm-hmm. is very much the same thing, um, where um, that tutorial section basically teaches you how to click the panels and also shows you that, you know, sometimes you'll need to pay attention to outside the panels because, oh, there are blocks here. There's a pillar that's got, you know, 
two white blocks and then a black block on top of it. I wonder what I'm supposed to do with the panel next to it that has three block or you know three tiles. Um, very straightforward stuff. Sure. But then from there, you can wander around and you might find stuff you have absolutely no chance of solving. Uh, but with kind of like I was talking about, little self-contained areas that will have very easy puzzles go moving into much harder and more complicated uh puzzles that you can work your way slowly through kind of as a tutorial to what these symbols mean um sure n- none of it explained to you it's just a matter of interacting with them trying them out testing you know having an idea testing your idea and seeing if it works sort of a mm-hmm. loop to how you learn them um cool yeah, yeah, it's just very much taking that same formula and just making new puzzles with it. Um, you know, so it's a it's a solid groundwork to make. And a puzzle like game. you said, nobody's really like done that since the witness. Yeah. So the the closest I think we've come to it uh, is um, uh, actually look at the uh, art now. It really actually looks so much like the witness. It's alarming. yeah, it is very much that. Um, just. Like I didn't very think you meant it in such a li- in such a, liter- in such a yep. literal way. Like looking at these oh, yes. gardens and these yeah. walls and yeah, I think the closest okay, wow. I've seen to this, other than those two, would be something like, uh, uh, a monster's exhibit or expedition through. I can't remember the entire title. It's way I too remember, long. I remember. Uh, through, uh, like, I remember. I remember. Curious you ex- about that game though. Yeah, exhibition yeah. or something. Anyway, it's basically you're playing as monsters in a post-apocalyptic. You know, humans have died off, but they've got this museum with a bunch of artifacts from humanity, sort of a thing. Anyway, it's another open world exploration thing, open world puzzle game, but in that one, um, it's more like, um, you know, like Steven's Sausage Roll, this idea of like block pushing puzzles sure. type of a thing, uh, but where each island you're on, you'll have different ways you can push stuff around that. If you solve an island in a different way, well, I might be able to exit through a different area. Is kind of the the conceit there. So it's 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 way it's, less open than this. It's way more traditional puzzle game, but it, it's it's a similar sort of still an open world puzzle game. I, I think it's definitely worth noting. I love to go through Steam reviews for this reason. The top Steam review for. Uh, Taiji simply reads it's the witness it would be impossible to be any more of the witness without adding an extended lecture about philosophy yes yes um for good and for ill um Mm. I mean so far I've not really seen the in the witness there's also an awful lot of like I was saying oh the, the puzzles are in the panels yes and also no like there's there's stuff to learn. There's from a lot outside. of bigger like oh when I'm looking over here from this pers- this yes. like vantage point on this cliff it looks like one of the puzzle boards and that's because it is yes and so far I've that's not harder to seen do in two D yeah it, you can't really change thing? your perspective so much you're all you're just looking top down the the closest I've seen to that so far is there was a puzzle where I was solving something and. In, in a lot of two games, they cheat reflections. It's just the exact same sprite flipped yeah, and yeah. projected into the water. This is a 
reflection that was actually done correctly with the camera angle looking up at the tree instead of down from the same angle. Sure. Which normally, you know, you no, don't it, notice it. And I get why you don't do that, because that's a lot of it's fucking It's a lot of work. extra work, but then you also don't notice when you do do it, because, oh, that's what a reflection actually looks like. It looks so, like, yeah. So I didn't notice it at first, but that extra effort is part of a puzzle because of that. Which Makes I thought sense. was really cool. Because why else would you bother? Exactly. Yeah, no one else would care about that. And then, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. like that sort of effort that's, that goes into creating a world. And uh, so far, I still have a lot more to explore in this one. Um, I solved quite a few puzzles that seem to have little bits of different areas as part of them that don't seem to do anything so far. And I'm curious if that's something I'm supposed to be doing later, like after solving each of the individual areas, because at the end of each of those, kind of like I was saying, tutorial, learning a different logic. Sure. Um, you'll like light a little beacon that goes to this central hub area. And I'm wondering if there's supposed to be additional content after that, that has something to do with, these puzzles that I've been solving that don't seem to do anything. Um, or if they're just for the fun of it, because I can kind of see both as, you know, Oh, just solve it. Cause you feel like it, or it's part of a whole lot bigger thing. And I just don't know what it is yet. So I'm entirely possible. Yeah. Time will tell. I'm interested exactly. to hear more about that as you get deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next let's, let's talk about the outbound ghost because you and I mm -hmm. both planned this and we've both been excited for this. Um, yeah. So for anyone unfamiliar, The Outbound Ghost is a game that uh, I remember messaging Josh about it when I first saw it because I was like, it's Paper Mario. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and it is kind of. Uh, it's also kind of Pokemon-ish. Uh, it, this is great. It hits the video game. In yeah, and it's doing a good job with it. Um, the setup is uh, there is a mass murder in the village of Outbound. Um, and you wake up as this ghost and you are sort of going around interacting with the other ghosts and getting some information about what's been going on, but also sort of fighting off these malevolent spirits mm -hmm. using, uh, these essences you have captured. And one of the things that I, I think is most interesting, and I just did like the standard settings for my first time through, yes. there are a lot of settings when you first, uh, start this game that make it yes. so like. The sort of, uh, I can't remember the word they actually use for what they are, but the, the Pokemon-like spirit creatures you throw out, like these sort of essences are like yeah. completely randomized. Yeah, like this, this, I, I took more notes for this game in the intro. Because there's a lot going on under the hood in those yeah, menus. Yeah, than I do for most other games. Uh, st starting out with the, 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 the audio defaulted to 30%, which thank fucking God. Because yeah. playing a PC game they generally default to blowing out your eardrums. Correct. Um, that's so the move. That's that's thank you. Nice of you guys. We yeah, appreciate it's that. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have the, the sound default to 30% and then you can change it from there. Uh Just just please guys. Please. Um but then from there like you were saying when you go to start the game, you've got your regular difficulty options, but then also essentially options for everything from randomizers to challenge modes. Um, because like you're saying, you can have the equipment or not the equipment, but there, 
They're like different aspects of your personality or something that you unlock. Yeah, that that appear as that, like tangible that, creatures. Exactly, that are essentially and, your party members fighting instead of you as the ghost. Um, and, and yeah, it, it makes it clear to like at the beginning, there are ones for the narrative that is like, this is what you start with. Yes. And then you meet this character and you get this aspect of them and you get that. Yes. But you can set it into a mode where like that stuff's it's randomized. Apparently there are, a, yep. yeah, it's completely randomized what you get and when you get it. Yes. Yeah. They, they, they had multiple options. Like you could, A, you could just tweak the difficulty like up or down just from a, everything has more health, everything has less health type settings and then they also have just direct support for challenge modes like uh I, I think there was one that stopped you from being able to pick up any new aspects so you'd be playing through with one character which frankly i, I don't think would actually be all that good as i could i, I understand why you'd want to do that just for a challenge mode but as yeah. far as the actual enjoyment of it no, certainly not. I want to learn what the game is about and like yes. maybe if I like it enough it's like something I want to try at some point. Yeah. Um on top of that, I, I wanted to also talk about like in game the, the the main way you really tweak with your aspects is by they can equip like there's three equipables uh, yeah. that each of them can put on that'll like one either give them it's new like abilities charm slots or yeah basically. or boost existing abilities and you craft these at fires and the depth of these is way more interesting than I expected like. For starters, it's every time you encounter like a new save spot, uh, you basically pick up a recipe book and you get to pick between one or two that teaches you like a new concoction of like. Like the first one I picked was like the risk reward ones, which yes. um, is interesting because a lot of them will be like, well, this significantly buffs your stat. But it like we were talking about Paper Mario earlier in the topic, how Paper Mario focuses a lot on like timing based stuff in combat. Yes, that stuff exists in the outbound ghost as well. And the effect of this charm was it was like a significant buff to your damage output, but it makes the timing based stuff way harder. Yeah, you have to you have to do a perfect timing. Otherwise, you miss. Yeah. Um, yeah, they I, I really like that. I'm so far. Each of those pick a pick a pick between two options. I've not seen duplicates of it. So I'm curious if per run you're actually locked to that or if it's going to be. I'll, I'll they show to, up later. I'll get to a town later on, and I'm able to buy the ones I didn't get, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I have um, not seen. I'm not far enough to uh, yes to, speak to that either. So far, they have. I scratched the surface. Unique as far as yeah. oh, uh, my runs are going to be different from one to the next based off of what I pick. Um, so far, I don't know if it it stays that way, but um, yeah. There there are so many little tweaks, kind of like I was. They're not tweaks, but like little things taken from different games. Yeah, because they make combat better. Like they've got the stagger system from Final Fantasy 13. They have the brave default system from Bravely Default. Yes, they have the timing based attacks from Paper Mario. Paper Mario. Yeah, yeah. They have um, stitched together like some of the best ideas from some, yeah, a lot of the best turn based RPGs over the best 20 years yes. into something I think that's like, I'm still early going, but I think it's coming together very nicely. Oh, very nicely. And then, then on, on top of that, um, there's arguments made for both, but this is, this is in the, all your health and mana comes back between fights. Yes. series of uh which i'm fine with i like that because generally it means you can tweak combat encounters much higher because you don't have to feel like oh man this is the last boss the challenge is even being able to get this far in the dungeon and and we also, have to expect people have no items left at this point but 
And also, yeah. I, I I appreciate that like it's a game that understands that it's doing that, mm-hmm. and because of that, it has what I think is the best quality of life thing you can have. Like when you lose a battle, it just goes. You want to just start that battle over from the beginning. Yes. Instead of having to like go back to a save point because like Cause, we were cause refilling health anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't um, make any sense to inconvenience. You're just inconveniencing the player at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because since it does save all that, if they didn't want to do that, well, oh man, I. I don't want to redo a bunch of fights. I guess I'll run back to the save point and save between every fight because this, again, is... Since we're talking greatest hits, enemies are on the map, a la Chrono Trigger that we talked about. Also, like, Paper Mario, which is how that used to be uh, in some of them. Not strictly, yeah. but anyway. Um, they're just, yeah. They're, they're doing some really cool stuff with the, with the systems in this game. They also have you you have three buff and debuff slots that are shared, which means anytime an enemy oh they they stacked a bunch of dam- uh, defense boosts I'm never gonna be able to damage them. Well, just put some poison on them a few times. Yeah, knock that off of there because they can only have so many. Frankly, if you have no other way to remove those buffs from them, well, I could put a heal over time on them real quick, and that'll wear off, and then I'll be able to damage them. Like, you have, there are so many different options for how you want to interact with the enemies, given, you know, not a massive, massive number of tools. They just, they all work in kind of... Really, it's a really flexible tool set. Yes, yeah, like, uh, there, there, are, there are multiple functions for everything in your toolkit. You've even got... Um, There's a status where you'll get cursed and your heals will now do damage. Oh man, that's horrible. I can't heal anymore. You can also heal the enemies because now all your healing spells will damage instead. Like there's everything kind of interacts in really cool ways, um, which I think is really neat um, that they're Mm -hmm. able to get so much use out of each of the abilities. Because in so many RPGs, you end up with a magic system which is just your normal attack but it does more damage and you eventually run out of magic points that's just it's not interesting the magic systems are generally weak points in so many rpgs in you know unfortunately um they just you know they don't do a lot with them um because a lot of that kind of like we're going back to these earlier rpgs we talked about in the night um early on a lot of this was more built around endurance like can i get through a whole dungeon without running out of yeah like managing health your resources and mana as you go or, in, or my healing potions it was com- combat on a battle per paddle basis is more finely tuned in this game yes yes than in those games um and i think that's great um i personally prefer it that way but I, I, I've seen some games that actually do that whole um, can I make it through a whole dungeon prospect and actually do it justice but it, it, it kind of that is generally speaking I think a harder thing to pull it off um, sure yeah anyway anyway 
Yeah, but but, um, but it is done well, kind of speaking, again. I think so. Like, the Persona games, I think, do that pretty well, because that's kind of the whole conceit. How far can I get on a certain night without running out of my resources? You can get real good at min-maxing that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the outbound goes is clearly going for something different. I think, so far, for me, it's pulling it off. It's one I had been excited about, and I'm going to definitely keep going with that. Yeah. Um. So we can talk more about that when that happens, but that's the beginnings of the outbound ghost um i did also want to talk about uh i started over lost judgment the sequel to judgment uh which which both judgment games which are a spinoff of the yakuza now like a dragon series in the u.s uh-huh. um i this is the second one and i never finished it back in the day because i was really enjoying it but there were a million other things going on and time pressed on and then the pc version came out and I didn't buy it, but it reminded me to go back to that game. And mm-hmm. um, now I'm considerably further in it than I was the first time, and I'm really enjoying the hell out of this. Uh, okay. So yeah, for anyone unfamiliar, the main difference between the normal Yakuza series and Judgment is uh, in the Judgment series, you are playing as uh, Takayuki Yagami, who is a, priv- a, a former attorney turned private detective. And in this particular game, he is undergoing a case where he is uh investigating a murder by going undercover at a high school in Yokohama as an outside advisor uh to the the clubs there. So basically It's a real shame they didn't decide to go full 21 jump street with that. <laughs> no, there there's ample opportunity. <laughs> uh it would have been hilarious. Uh he does ride a skateboard a lot in this game so it's ample for the how do you do fellow kids. Yes. <laughs> um but yeah, he gets his foot in the door basically um He's initially invited there to help with another case by the headmaster, and he ends up getting to stay there by becoming the outside advisor for the uh, school's mystery club who needs an advisor. Ah. And they're like, oh, we got a real detective now. <laughs> uh, but my favorite part, honestly, I, I the main story is very good. I'm very engrossed in it. But Yakuza as a series is known for its sub stories. Yeah. There's a particular branch of sub story yeah. in uh lost judgment called school stories that are all tied to groups at the school and the way it, g- it goes basically is when you first join the mystery club it's pitched to you as like we hang out and we read detective novels and talk about mysteries but uh amasawa who is the club president really is secretly investigating everyone at the school and she brings <laughs> up like these problems to you like she'll be like oh uh i heard that um one of the kids in the boxing club is like secretly going out at night and beating people up and like he's going by this name so you have to go undercover in the boxing club <laughs> like if you like become an advisor for the boxing club and follow the like that's one of the ones i'm in the middle of now um a great example of yakuza using like what it knows best is i did a, a series of side missions where i became an advisor for the esports club and what do you do in the esports club? You just hang out and play Virtual Fighter Five with these guys. <laughs> like the entirety of Virtual Fighter Five is just in here. That's because that's it's funny. a Sega game, and you needed something to play. Yeah, yeah, um, makes sense. It's it's I I was helping the dance team at one point, and there's a whole rhythm game uh, where Yagami uses his kung fu skills to help them choreograph dance moves. It's it's all just so good. The boxing mini game is insanely in depth and. Uh, the hours kind of melt when I'm playing these games, and I'm yeah. back in that that mood that I haven't been in in quite a while. Yeah, um, that that I is feel another. Good to be back there, the Yakuza games are also another one of those 
You, you could call them RPGs that are easy to get lost in like that. Even more so now that they yeah. are turn-based RPGs. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, Judgment being the outlier and that it kept the original fighting style of the traditional Yakuza series. So yes. if you're looking for more of that, those two games have a lot of it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see this through to the end this time because I, I played enough of it on this replay that I just went ahead and bought the season pass to get the expansion for it. Ooh, okay. Um, the expansion, which I think is going to dictate where that series is going in the future, because on a fun side note, I do like to talk about this occasionally. The actor who plays Takayuki Yagami in Judgment is a very famous actor in Japan. Uh, yes. Like up to the point where there are things you can't do in these games that you normally can do in Yakuza games because his agency will not allow him to be depicted doing them like there's no karaoke because they don't want to show him singing yep. um you can't go up to a coffee machine and get a coffee uh because they don't want to endorse a certain brand of coffee mm -hmm. um because of his deal with keurig what is funny though and you want to know this you can smoke because there's only one brand of cigarettes available because it's a real brand and it's a brand he has a deal with because they're what yep. he smokes in real yep. life that that um, squares so I think that's pretty amazing. <laughs> but the the interesting part of the expansion is the expansion is called the Kaito Chronicles. And in it, you play as Kaito, who is another character in the series who is an ex-Yakuza and he's sort of Yagami's partner. Yeah. And I have a very strong feeling that in a third Judgment game, Kaito might become the main character and they might move Yagami to the background so they don't have so to jump have through to... all these hoops anymore. Yeah, that makes sense for me flexibility standpoint um yeah that's just a sneaking suspicion i have it makes sense i, I can see that happening but they're both very likable so i wouldn't complain either way um but yeah i'm gonna it's fun to be getting back to that um i mean that's really the bulk of what i've been playing i i touched on return to monkey island but i haven't uh done a deep dive on that yet yeah uh, so I mean, I'll talk about that real quick, but once you're in it, we can really get into it. But, like, the main things I want to talk about are, I don't know what everybody's so mad about. I kind of like that art style. Yeah, I mean, I think it looks good in motion. It looks better than it presents. I understand it from a, like, knee-jerk sort of, A, the pixel art in those original games is some of the best. And then also the remasters that they did are also some of the best because they yeah. took the really cartoony inspirations of the Monkey Islands and, you know, Maniac Mansion, like, concepts and yeah. actually turned them back into that sort of, you know, early American cartoons type style. Yeah, they um, did the work that you wouldn't have necessarily yes. expected. Like, this is going for something very stylized, and I yes, think it's like it is, super, it is, it's yeah. super angular, And but I think it looks good. In, in, yeah, no, I think it looks in, really good. It's, I understand why people would be, you know, just immediately turned off, because the other stuff was also excellent, excellent stuff, and oh, you already had such a great art style, why would you change it? Because you can. Why, why, there's, there's no reason to feel locked to that um yeah the um yeah the, I'm, I'm very very early on this so like the simple stuff i just wanted to get across is one this right now this is only on pc and switch um i don't know how it is on switch i'm sure it's fine i i meant more so playing it with a controller because it's an adventure mm -hmm. game and something i would rather play with a mouse and keyboard yeah 
I mean, I I'm imagine sure you could make it only work with the touchscreen. There's there's only been like a couple no, that games would be, that do I, that. I, from what I understand, it, the controller interface they've worked up is actually quite good. I haven't tried it myself. Yeah. I mean, but I, I that would probably be pretty good because they've they've I think they've made controller interfaces for all the other remasters of of the monkey. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, so they, it's just not the way I would jump to playing them. Yeah, no, no, that's not the direction I would go either. But also, I feel like they kind of put in that work already. I mean, not them directly because this is, I think, a different, you know, Ron Gilbert's company at this point. Yeah, so, Ron Gilbert. So different is people, back. but 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 the ideas are there as far as how would this work? Because yes, yes, yeah. they've they, they've seen it in action. It, it, these uh, games have been retooled to work Ron, on consoles already. Ron Gilbert being back is the other thing I wanted to make note of, and I, I think this was smart, obviously, because Monkey Island feels so removed at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, in the menu, there is a scrapbook to sort of catch you up on the events of Monkey Island if you have not played a Monkey Island game before, mm-hmm. and it makes it explicitly clear that this is a sequel to Monkey Island Two. That that's the way to go because frankly, everything after that's everything what after Gilbert Monkey always Island said he 2. would do. That's what he always said he would do, yeah. like, for years. He's like, I, yeah. it would be a sequel to Monkey Island 2. They kind of went Island. off the rails with everything after that. Well, I mean, Monkey Island 2. You're not a fan of Monkey Combat? Well, again, you can kind of tell, Mark. well, I'm not, I'm not being kept in the loop with everything from this point on. So at the end of Monkey Island 2, they do the whole, it was all a video game reveal yeah. thing in order to, you know, kind of put a final stamp of yeah this is where the sure. continuity ends type of a feeling to it yeah um, so yeah. but uh so yeah that's it's back the the thing i noticed immediately and i wanted to point this out because i like when this happens because it's the smart adventure game thing in a modern era if you ask me yeah when you hover over stuff on the screen there are annotations for everything and what i mean is like Hovering over an object, in, it tell it annotates what you're going to do with it, rather than having to force you to click on everything in a very trial and error way. Okay, like it'll give you like a blurb of some of the text you get, or it'll be like yeah. use or like break or whatever, like more so yeah. than just having to click on it and getting like that old adventure game thing of uh, Guybrush being like, "Why would I use that here?" Like, I like that. I like that. There's there have been different stabs at that. Um, I think this works. Like, I think I like this the best. Yeah. That idea, like, it, and it makes it clear that you don't have to keep clicking back through stuff, and you could see, like, a blurb of text to inform you. You've actually already clicked on this, and you know yeah. what Guybrush has to say about it. Yeah, and I think there's arguments being made for both systems. I think uh, one of the, oh, just click on it and find out masterpieces. I'm past is, that. Is, I'm too old is, for that. I don't well, have time for that. I, is, is something like. Uh, um, full throttle because on that one you had basically this you know really kind of unique skull looking icon uh, looks like a looks like a biker patch but then you click on the different parts of the face like oh there's an eyeball so let's look at it click on the mouth so it's talk to eat w- w- anything else you do with that it's very stylized very high concept and kind of leads to you thinking oh how do i want to interact with this and that's part of the puzzle sure. and because of that there's way less to interact with on each screen so it's it's not clicking a million things whereas there sometimes it makes more sense to have a ton of things on screen to have you have as options to interact with and this this was kind of taking it the other direction like okay there's still it's still mu- very much that early you know maniac mansion you've got a list of verbs type 
thing. Yeah, there's but no, it, there's it, no, it no verb been distilled. Wheel here. It had basically um, been distilled to the perfection of that idea. Um, the other, the other thing I really did just want to mention because uh, again early, but I wanted to speak onto this. There's difficulty settings. There's two of them. Um, there's an easy the, mode which outlines how. Well, I'm gonna oh, it explains yeah, yeah, very well. Yeah. It explains very well what they are. Okay, good. An easy mode that basically says, "I want this is simple. I'm really just here for the story." Yeah. And then there's a jump off that I think is weird that they named it this, and I it's what I'm playing on, but I still think it's weird. They they call it a hard mode, mm-hmm. and it says the puzzles are more puzzles and more difficult puzzles. Okay. I like that in concept. It's that's very interesting. I'm. I'm get what from what I could glean from reading up online. Yeah. Hard mode is just like that's the way it's meant to be played. Okay. Easy mode is just like there's slightly less. Pu- some puzzles are cut entirely, and puzzles are more simplistic. You just okay. want to get through it and get the narrative. Yeah, that's yeah. That makes sense because puzzle games have kind of split. Like what is a hard mode adventure game? Is like the question, right? Yeah. Well, but again, they've they've kind of split. There are still occasionally the just stupid moon logic type crazy puzzles that are fun to just mess around yeah. with. And, and, and then also clear. you get like all the Wajidai stuff that's like, this is just a very direct story that we're telling through an adventure game type of thing. And, and let me be clear. I'm not saying like, oh, I shouldn't have difficulty modes. Like, I think it's great that they're doing that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I just don't know if I would have used that naming convention. Like, I don't know if I would have called it hard mode. I would have maybe done like a story mode and like traditional mode or something. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I think the naming, like you said, is probably. Because I think calling it hard right mode call. for certain people paints a certain picture that's going to turn them yeah. off from trying it. Yeah. You know, hmm. Frankly, I, I, I'm fine with it as long as we take the. Doom conceit of you know your character changes from a little baby man to just yeah this to an, worn out you know scarred up BJ BJ Glasswitz with the binky in his mouth yes I I'm fine with it as long as we take that scale and reverse it so sure, the harder you go that. the more of a baby Blaskowitz looks like because that makes the most sense honestly oh I'm a I'm a what baby. A babe- with a binky trying to play through this game, it should be harder. Yeah, and, little uh, baby wants a hard adventure game. Exactly, and frankly, I think that would do an awful lot. To I take think we the should piss all of... just use the Hideo Kojima Metal yeah. Gear Solid chicken hat method. Yeah, like the game's easier now, but you have to wear this fucking hat. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, somehow we're under two hours, and that's it. That's the show. Yeah. Yeah, is that true. crazy? Um, you got anything you want to add, Josh? Before I do like some plugs. Um, I mean, I didn't think I'd bring it up because you've talked about wanting to get into it a little bit. Uh, so I figured to wait. But some minor notes because of just different patches going on and whatnot. I'm I'm still obviously playing more Splatoon three because that's yes. excellent. So I've been putting more time into that. Still playing the campaign. Haven't finished that, which. I've had plenty of time to finish it, but also the multiplayer and PvE <laughs> also, is, is so, so good that, you know, I'll turn on the game and forget there's a campaign in it, even though the campaign is excellent, because everything else in there. that game is excellent. Um, 
there have been some issues with connectivity on the game so far, but they've already released a patch for it, which has helped significantly. Although it seems like the game is just way more popular than they were expecting, and some of this seems to be related to their own server-side stability. That, you know, after the patch, things are way more stable, but every now and then, it just seems like they're overloaded. And, you know, in a given play session, I'll disconnect more often than I have, you know, in the entire rest of the week. Sure. Um, which hopefully they've, you know, addressed that before too long. Um, like the net code is solid enough that I'm not noticing horrible rubber banding or a bad play experience whenever things are working. It's, it's just a matter of, you know, it, completely craps out and you disconnect if something goes wrong sort of a thing which yeah needs to be fixed um but it seems like they're going in the right direction since they've already patched it um since then but there's still a little more work needs to be done there um sure and or maybe they're assuming people will drop off the game because obviously the most player is going to be right at lunch um true and it'll solve itself, which is not the right way to handle that. It's but not, maybe it's that's not what a real the, solution, but it's maybe. Not, yeah, it's not a real solution, but that maybe. Kids I'm are going hope, back to school. Player base is going to drop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Still been enjoying that. They, they also, in this one, they added in a tactical card game. It is, it is like. It's uh, my dec- face didn't read. A, yeah. My face went. Eh? It is, it is a kind of little deck building card game thing where you're playing on this essentially I'm trying to I can't remember the exact number of squares but like significantly longer than it is wide grid uh that you're um you'll place down a card and it has a select pattern on it that shows which tiles you'll fill in when you place this card sure uh, and that you are then inking tiles on this grid ew um just like you would in the normal game but it is a you both take your turn at the same time thing so like on a card Mm -hmm. you've got what area you're going to ink so you can pick where you want to put it on the thing and both characters both players will pick that at the same time um and then whoever has the lower number on the card will essentially go first so that tile will get inked first with um like basically that card will resolve whereas okay. uh outside of that you can't ink any tiles that are already inked enemy ink or your ink on this okay. so it makes placing them significantly harder as you go and as the board starts to fill in um sure it's it's a really compelling card game for something that's you know for something that's attack on yeah that's attack on game to you know a kid's already multiplayer shooter game. um that is already exceptional yes like i i don't know if the audience of Splatoon three is really going to be here for something like this but i think it's really cool and i've i've actually had a lot of fun messing with my deck and being like you know okay okay. You, you get cards that cover significantly more territory, but they're just, they're awkward shapes. How am I going to even fit this on the board? So do I want to go with 
The cards that'll let me cover a ton of space are the ones that are going to be really easy to slot in here and there as, as the board starts to fill up. Uh, and the, yeah, it's, it's really cool. I've, I've, I've really been enjoying this card game. Glad to hear edition. it. As someone who likes yeah. card games, I'm glad you're enjoying a card mm-hmm. game. Uh, yeah, I guess that's going to about do it for us. Uh, there's new stuff on the website. Ray got up some impressions of Spider Heck, which dropped recently. And I was going to talk about it, but I didn't play a ton of it yet. Uh, So you can go to swordchomp.com and click on the articles tab to see that. But that's where all the podcasts are. That's where reviews are. That's where you can buy merch. Uh, Tell them about the merch, Josh. Say something about merch. Uh, Yes, we we have. I don't I don't I don't think we've got anything new up there in a while. You can still buy all the all the same T-shirts, hoodies, hoodies. Shower curtains, clocks, random odds and ends. It's it's mostly the shirts, honestly. That's what most people want. Yeah, shirts are what you want. Um, The phone cases are pretty cool. Our our logo looks really good on a phone case, Uh, especially yeah, the one with the the black on the with all the swords. That's a good one. That's Mm -hmm. a good one. I'd get that as a phone case. Yeah, Um, but yeah, you can you can find all that at store.swordchomp.com. Store.swordchomp.com. Josh Fowler, thank you for hanging out with me here tonight, yeah. you know, because some people couldn't be bothered. I have to be honest. Yeah. Uh, when I said I'd come back, you know, right after our break, I had some other stuff come up and I thought about maybe just not making it back I, after the break. I, almo- I almost didn't come back, yeah. to be real with you. I got a phone call and I was like, I could be at the bar in 10 minutes. <laughs> um... <laughs> um yeah, thanks. I'm Rich Meister. This has been the Chomp Cast. Uh, we need to go return some videotapes, so we'll see you later. Sorry, while you were gone, and feel free to leave this in, I got distracted uh, watching a YouTube channel where um, someone goes through towns and RPG worlds and uses deduction to figure out what that city's unemployment rate is. I like it. Clocktown in uh, Majora's Mask is se- has a 17.5% unemployment rate. Is that counting the kids? I don't think so. I think just adults. Okay. Curious. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Based, by the way, I didn't get very far into the video, so um, yeah. I'm basing your question off him saying he wasn't counting a dog, and in my head, I'm like, dogs and kids are the same. Yeah, I'm curious because you can just slap this on the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm have to put that there. I'm I'm curious. That's an interesting one because there are travelers in town who clearly aren't residents. So I'm curious if mm-hmm. those are counted. See, yeah, no, because, I'm, because I'm, the inn is, I think, every room full, if not all but one. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, I think all but one, because I think one of them doesn't have anyone staying in it.
Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. Anyway, I'll have to finish the video later and let yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have to find out. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's so getting... weather. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 